stations. That's impossible. How the hell did she find us? Coming up, an onboard saboteur leaves a crippled USS Titan under siege by the vicious Shrike. How dare you take my confiding in you about my father and use it to cut me out of the biggest decision of my life. Picard gets unwelcomed answers as to why Beverly kept Jack Crusher's existence a secret. Your worlds are on the verge of destruction. What is happening? He's a changeling. Rafi and Worf uncovered the changeling conspiracy. Well, how many times must your strategy fail? It's not working. Sit down, Admiral. I'm the captain of this ship. And a difference in battle strategies spells certain doom for the Titan. All this and more coming up on the Star Trek Picard edition of Energize. 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 We're jumping to warp speed with Jean-Luc Picard and the Star Trek Next Generation crew. You're listening to Energize, a Star Trek Picard podcast. Your source for in-depth analysis, colorful debate, and exciting discussions about the final adventure of Admiral Jean-Luc Picard and the Enterprise D crew. I'm your host, Anthony McLemore. And I'm Steve Truitt. This week... Riker takes command of the Titan after Shaw is gravely injured. Meanwhile, Rafi and Worf uncover a plot which stands to destroy the Federation. Can Picard and Riker come to an agreement on battle strategies? Or will their decisions lead to the demise of the Titan and its crew? Here's a Warp Speed recap of Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 3, 17 Seconds. Battle stations! impossible. How the hell did she find us? You got us into this. You are going to get us out. Computer, transfer command. Captain William Riker protest. I'm so sorry. How does she keep finding us? Instead of fleeing, we end the trail and reposition behind the Shrike. We can no longer risk the lives of this crew. As soon as the leak is fixed, we're going to make a final run for it. Someone deactivated atmospheric diagnostics. The ship's computer can't detect the leak. Sabotage. Sir, Jack was ambushed. He thinks it was a changeling. Will, how many times must your strategy fail? It's not working! Sit down, Admiral. I'm the captain of this ship. Steve, this episode was action-packed, full of espionage and intrigue, but overwhelmingly for me, it was emotional. Without a doubt. I, I, you know, I think some of the best times in Star Trek are not always the phaser blasts and the warp speed and the craziness, but the interaction between the characters where they interact with each other and there's a history there and now we're looking at 30 something years of history culminating in this episode it was just it's mind-blowing we don't need intrigue and tension we just we just we love these characters and the way they interact is phenomenal well it really does help that the writing's great 
and the actors. Yep. And they, they're just superb in their performances. Without a doubt, because they've been doing this forever, and even the supplemental cast is great. I'll always give a nod to Shaw, who I think is incredible. And, of course, directed by our dear friend Johnny Frakes. There we go. There we go. So when we last left off, the Titan was trying to escape the Shrike by going into the nebula to hide, a la right. Star Trek the Rafficon. Captain, she's still on us. Helm evasive. Right. And, and the beauty of this episode is the entire episode takes place in the nebula. It reminds me, I don't know if you're a fan of 2005's Battlestar Galactica, which, by the way, was produced by Ronald D. Moore, who was a writer and producer on Star Trek. Huge fan. When I read 17 Seconds, I thought, oh, God, is that part of it? Obviously, that's not what it was. However, the tone of this episode was so 33 minutes from Battlestar, but it's just it was phenomenal. Sir, engineering reporting, we've taken hits to our warp field coils. We cannot run them on impulse alone. Nebula interference. Deeper we go, worse it gets for external sensors. So here's how we start. We start with the Shrike bearing down on the Titan and just, you know, pummeling them with torpedoes. And we find out that the Nebula doesn't seem to be helping the way they hope that it would. No, I mean, you would think, oh, we got this, we go into the nebula, we hide, uh, yeah. it'll mask us. It just wasn't working. Every, just like you said, in the way that the Cylons were popping up, um, the Shrike is popping up yeah. every so often and is just bombarding them with torpedoes. But the thing about it is, and and, and I, I, probably everyone is catching this. I mean, from, from the last episode, the Shrike could destroy them. They, they're already outmatched. But the deal is, is she's tactically firing on them. Well, she said this last week. She said, I'm going to pick at you like the bird does. And I'm going to make you so vulnerable. I'm not going to kill you in one swat. I'm going to break you down. And it's going to be fun for me. She's sitting in her chair, you know, vaping, having a great time. And, uh, you know, she's picking the Titan apart. Yeah, and it's forcing the Titan because because of the way that um, Vatic is is enforcing her will on them. It's, yeah. it's forcing the Titan to go deeper and deeper into the nebula, which is all part of clearly part of some greater strategy. Well, I I didn't think that at first. I thought, oh, okay, it's brilliant. Let's you know, if you want to get out of this, go into it, right? So they go deeper, and I thought, well, that's what they did, you know, in Wrath of Khan, and it's a it's a familiar strategy. But in this case, a huge mistake. I just didn't see that coming. I, I at this point, I'm I'm just into Vatic and and the way she's playing this game, and so oh I God. figured that everything Excellent. she does is motivated, and there's a purpose behind it. So yeah. all of a yeah, so all of a sudden we jump years earlier, and we meet up with Riker and Picard, and they're uh, having having drinks at a bar, celebrating <laughs> uh, Riker's late son Thaddeus's birth. Right, and. I, I, I will say this, that the uh, regeneration of their faces was not as good as I've seen on TikTok. Uh, I'm a little disappointed in how they de-aged them. Um, the first time I saw this with Patrick Stewart was in, I think, uh, X-Men 3. X-Men. Was it X-Men yep. 3? Yeah. Yep. And they de-aged them there as well, along with uh, um, Magneto. Yeah, so... 
the point of the conversation that they were having was the fact that Riker was was talking about the fact that they had uh, a difficult birth, and he thought for 17 seconds when he was in the um, the, the turbo lift going down yeah. to medical that he might lose. You know, his son. And it was in that moment, you know, and and, Mm. and Picard, interestingly enough, Picard is the one that that fills in the the gap in that that sentence. He said, in that moment, you became a father. Right. And what's interesting about that is that what's happening here with Picard is, I don't know if you remember this, but in Next Generation, there was another son that he had. Now was that his real son? I don't remember. No, but no, no. It was it was made to to look you know be his son. Oh, he assumed it okay, was. Okay, so it and wasn't. It turned, his out, kid. it turned out that it wasn't. Well, we were on the Titan, of course, and they hailed me from sick bay. You better get down here, sir, right away. The tone of voice it was not what you wanted to hear. Uh, their meeting ends, and Riker Riker is called back. Troy's like, you better get your butt back up here and bring and, the whiskey. Uh, <laughs> bring the whiskey, and uh, this, you know, uh, Riker tells him that, yeah. you know, he hopes that he can have that same joy. And when yeah. Riker le- leaves, you know, Picard is left sitting there, and you can see yeah. on his face that there's regret. Yeah, of course. And 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 the thought is, I'll never have that. I have sacrificed my uh, having children for my career in Starfleet and the galaxy, saving the galaxy. Yeah, we know he's not a. He, he was so grumpy all those years, you know, not liking children and all that. He's, as far as we know, he's not going to have a kid. So. Stern, report. Negative, Captain. Still no sign. No visuals of the strike. So they jump right back to present day, which I'm happy about. And they say it says present day, and we know it's the Titan. And now we realize they've got no sensors. Shaw has literally posted crew around the ship to look out the windows, including the rear windows. Tell us if they're coming up on our tail. I, I yeah, you know you're aspect. in a bad situation. Yeah, you yeah. you know you're in a bad situation when you actually have to have people looking out the back window. And I want to say two quick things. I don't know if it's the writing or the direction, but I loved that. It was such a great moment. It really made it, it, it felt so real to me. Hey man, our sensors are down. We don't have a lot of energy here. We're in a damn nebula. Look out the window. I I I tingled at that. I thought it was so great. It was just such a great moment. Two months before I left the Enterprise, do you remember our shore leave on Casparia Prime? The waterfalls. A perfect day on borrowed time. They called you back early. That's how it always was with us. So we move on to what I think is one of the most vital moments in TNG history. I'm talking in the 35 years that's been around. This is one of the most powerful scenes they've ever had. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I was completely moved by this whole thing. I was angry and I was sad and hurt mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. John Picard at the same time. I kind of, here's the way I saw it. It was written so well and direct. Let's just look at the direction. When we open, it's a wide shot and Beverly is as far to the right as possible. And Jean-Luc is far to the left as possible. During the scene, which is about six minutes long, eventually they just end up face to face. They're three, you know, inches from each other. It was a brilliantly 
done scene. I love what yep. Johnny Frakes did with this. And during the whole scene, they're spilling their guts, and it's it was just mind-boggling. Yeah, and the way it starts off, well, and there weren't any words exchanged, and I just looked no. at Jean-Luc Picard's face. It yeah. was a mixture of anger and hurt yeah. at the same time. And you and his he was piercing her, yeah, with his yeah. eyes. Like, how yes. could you do this to me? And that is when I knew it would be like that forever. It will be what it always was: attempts on your life. And you never thought, if you had told me, it all might have been different. So we find out that they actually conceived the the last yes. time, uh, the last night they spent together. That's right. And and Beverly, you know, initially starts off in you know, giving a laundry list of what I would consider excuses, right? Uh, for not right. for right. not telling him. Remember and, on oh, Vigus three, and remember on something five, and remember on this planet seven. You you had a gun yeah. to your head. You had this. You had that. Yeah, yeah. she really had. Yeah, and Picard, you know, Picard was not not having it. It was just like, okay, so that. Was a good excuse for not to tell me for twenty years? Come on, you yeah. know. Yeah, but but, but again, again, how how can you fault her? You can't fault her, and you can't fault him. This is what's the this is the beauty of the scene. You don't take sides here. I I didn't. Well, I might have to disagree with you. Oh, 75 percent, seventy five percent. On what side? Um, on on the side of Picard, because here's the deal. I mean. <laughs> I mean, as a father, yes, I would be, I would be completely pissed, regardless of my situation. Not, not to know for twenty years, yeah, that yeah. that no, I didn't I have it. a son, and and it right. was her, it was her responsibility at some point Either to give him the choice. It, yeah, right. to give him the choice, and right. that that How? choice was robbed from him. Right, and yet what she says is. As a mother, you will burn down the galaxy to, to save your child. And when I look at Jean-Luc Picard, I think my child will be constantly in danger. And I didn't want that for my child. Look, I'm a dad. I have daughters. I get it from the father perspective. But the, the writing and direction was so brilliant on this episode. I'm like, you know what? I kind of see what she's saying here. You say you're Jean-Luc Picard's kid, and you got a target on your back. I, I, I can't falter for that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why I said seventy-five <laughs> percent. I mean, <laughs> well, don't I'm, get me I'm, wrong. I'm, I'm, no, I'm, lo- I'm, I'm 50, logical. I'm fifty-fifty, and you're yeah. you're you're twenty-five, Beverly, seventy-five, Jean-Luc. I, I get that. That's fine. Ab- that's fine. absolutely. Can you please stop looking at me like that? Like what? Like I'm the outcome of some science experiment. Sorry to tell you, kid, but you are. I spent two decades in a spaceship watching you get cooked up before you were born. So Riker and Jack had left the room, and so they're yeah. in one of the one of the corridors, right. and right. you know, and Riker Riker's standing up for Picard, and yeah. you know, and uh, you know, Jack's giving him a hard time. You know, your heroes, you know, don't stand up, yeah, you know, don't live up to what they, you know, they, they yeah, crush don't you meet your heroes, yeah, of course, yeah, don't yep. meet your heroes, and. You know, people, you know, Titan crew are passing by and they're looking at him they're with the scowl. <laughs> giving the evil eye, yeah. Yeah, they're all pissed. And, you know, great. Riker makes a good point to him. He said, you need to make these people believe that basically you were worth saving. Right. 
You know, and, right. and, and it harkened back to something that in an earlier scene, somebody said something similar and and Jack wanted to, like, fight with him. And Beverly pulled them, pulled them back yeah, and said, like, no, no, they're, they're going to, you know, no, what she said, they're going to need us. And I'm just like, right. which, you know, I'm just like, okay, so you guys know more than you're let, you're telling us. Bridge, visual contact of the strike, bearing 047, 3,000 meters and closing. Battle stations. That's impossible. How the hell did she find us? So uh, we we get back to the bridge, and the strike once again is on top of the Titan. Yeah. And, it, and it just isn't clear how they discovered the Titan. I mean, this is like a big mystery because, you right. know, when you're in a nebula, you're supposed to be shrouded, right. cloaked. And yeah. it's just not working out for them. Um, yeah. And uh, they're, they're getting pummeled. And yeah. uh, Shaw gets critically injured. So this is an interesting scene for me for several reasons. One, you know, a la Rachel Garrett, it seemed to me with the head wound that he probably should have died. But he kind of writes himself. He's got this massive bleeding head wound. Clearly, his leg has been uh, broken. Major. No, but like a compound fracture. The bone is sticking through his leg. And he just goes, "Okay, Riker, who I have no respect for and didn't want you here. You get to be captain. That was a little strange for me. Like, just turn it over. You know, Riker's the guy that he's like, you're full of crap. Uh, so that uh, surprised me a little. Well, I mean, I'll say this. Uh, when the chips are down, he was the captain of the Titan. And his jabs at them might come from some form of jealousy, to be honest. But at the end of the day... Yeah. They yeah, he doesn't like the are. fact that they, they're they, legends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But when you got a legend on your ship and yeah. and you're down and out, who are you going to call on? Who are you going to call on? You call on the <laughs> legends. You call on the legends. So it, it yeah. made sense to me. He's the next guy. He's the next guy to get the job done. Well, okay. Okay. I understand that. But let's say they handed me this writing assignment. Knowing what I know about Shaw, I would have said, fuck you. I'm going to keep piloting the ship and he, he'd have to be dragged off I don't think the way that Shaw was written the first two episodes that he would just go okay I hated you but now here's the ship I, I'm sorry I, I think he gave it up too easily but there's a reason that that was we need to see Riker and Picard in control and it it's played out beautifully later I know who the hell you are but... I am Worf son of Moe House of Martok, son of Sergei, house of Roshenko, bane to the Duras family, slayer of Gowron. I have made some chamomile tea. Do you take sugar? So we go to Rothi. She's waking up from her drug-induced uh, temporary coma, and she's hearing opera, mu- opera music. And she wakes up, she grabs a weapon, and she rolls up on Worf, behind him and he's practicing his moves with his battle it's like it's like uh klingon tai chi now let me ask you a question do you recognize that opera music uh yes it sounds like the opera music from first contact when uh, yes when yes! when yes! Yeah, berlioz <laughs> berlioz no no he goes bizet no berlioz exactly and and uh, <laughs> 
God, I love that you did it. Good for you, man. Ugh, I was like, that's exactly the same music that they did in First Contact. Yes, yes, yes. Good for you. Awesome. Oh, awesome. So awesome. <laughs> I thought I was going to nail you on that one, but you you nailed me, so good for you. Yeah, so he's doing his Tai Chi to Berlioz, and uh, she kind of sneaks up on him, and he just he takes her out immediately. You're my handler? You're Starfleet? My concerns align with theirs. Think of me as a subcontractor. So it appears that Worf has been like a subcontractor. I'm still not. Mm-hmm. I'm still not. Uh, Which are her his words? Yeah, those were his. Those words. were his words. I still think he might be Section yeah. Thirty One. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a subtle way of saying that he's Section Thirty One. Who knows? But uh, he's. Concerned. I don't think so. And here's why. Right. Here's why I don't think he is because Section Thirty One operates on the fringes of Starfleet. And I just think Worf, through and through, with his honor and dignity, would not go to the fringe. I think he stays in the middle. I do. Okay. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. What do I know? Yep. So the two of them kind of go back and forth about the botch, her botch mission. Yeah. And, and she, <laughs> I had him. No, you didn't. I rescued you, et cetera, et cetera. And, yeah. But Worf yeah. does respect her because let, let's, you know, we've, we, we, we talk about Rafi being, you know, over aggressive and those kinds of things, but I think Worf, right. Worf sees him in her, without a doubt. And he even says that he's like, "You were me, you know, when I was younger. I had your energy and so forth." And it's interesting with with Riker, you see it physically; with Picard, you hear it; and with Worf, because he's got all that makeup, you know, even Michael Dorn has aged. He seems older and you can hear it in his voice i felt a little melancholy about that you know michael dorn was always just such a a strong character for me and just a tough guy and you can hear the years in his voice it's um it's touching to be honest yeah yeah but he's still strong i still wouldn't fight him I still wouldn't fight Worf. No, I wouldn't. Either. I wouldn't no, touch him. Uh, yeah, and <laughs> and so these two decide that they're going. They're they're looking for this guy named Titus Rucker who paid the Ferengi. Right. That was that that Worf killed in the last episode to lie about the bombing. So they're now the super friends. I mean, the Wonder Twins. <laughs> <laughs> we are now connected. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 they keep hinting that something bigger is going on here. And this is great because this is the mystery that keeps going. And I, I really appreciate that, that, you know, these writers are making us still really intrigued with the stuff that we don't know. Yeah, it's 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 layered. It's isn't this isn't a simple story. Yeah. And you're left yeah. at the end of every episode, you're left hanging. You don't understand what's going to yeah. happen next and sure. you can't see it coming. Fadic should be as blind as we are. It might give us a tactical advantage. No, we should continue to evade until warp is operational. She's finding us anyway. So now we get back to the Titan, and we're having a disagreement of battle strategies. I mean, Riker uh, and, and Picard are at the helm, but Picard wants to take advantage of the fact that both ships are flying blind, and he wants to go on yeah. the offensive. He wants to. He wants to. Picard wants to fight. Riker wants to hide, and it's a different strategy. It's no, we need to fight because. We need to show them that we're tough. And Riker's like, no, we need to protect our people and the ship. Yeah, he's taking on the 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 Captain Shaw role. Yeah, he is. 
Yeah, but I get it. And and that's what happens when you're in command. It, it's like, wait, I'm responsible for all these lives. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, two schools of thought here. Uh, which which one would you take, Steve? Uh, to be honest, I'd hide. I wouldn't fight because, because the evidence shows that I'd lose. So, yeah, you can die fighting and prove yourself a tough guy slash martyr. Or you can save your crew and your ship and maybe figure a way out. I would have gone with Riker. I would have gone with Riker, but I, but I would have split the difference. I'm a little on the daring side. I'd see if uh, we had like a smaller ship that could, you know, go undetected and do some and, and yeah. plant something or do something, roll up on the, the Shrike. And and um, yeah, that would have been yeah. great. And that that's a move that I would have been that I would have risked if if it were possible. But the main thing is to protect the ship and get them out of there. Fight another day. I'm always live to fight another yeah. day when the odds are against you. I, I agree. And I, I like that idea. And I, I'm surprised they didn't think about it, because that first maneuver was sending out the torpedo and then blowing it up. You know, that was really innovative. And then suddenly they just ran out of ideas. That, Surprising. Yep. I'm so sorry, sir. I never meant for any of this to happen. How does she keep finding us? So we go back to the sit bay, and Beverly discovers that Shaw has an internal bleeding. And as he's as he's bleeding and convulsing, Jack is there, and Jack is remorseful for the situation that he's yeah. put everyone in. And so it, and he's like, "Sorry." Yeah. At, at least we know. He does have a heart, but uh, Shaw right. Shaw says, "How are they finding us?" Because you know, it right. goes back to the point that when you're in a nebula, everyone's sensors are scrambled. There's no way right. that the right. the Shrike should be able to to detect the Titan. But Titan. But as uh, Jack is looking on the floor and looking at the blood, he's looking at trails of blood, and that triggers something in him. He gets right. And here's I want to stop for a second. I want to point this out. We're two-thirds into the show and they're still being hunted it is such a brilliant episode i mean think about this we're 35 40 minutes into this episode and it's still tense it's it's an incredible episode oh yeah it just never ends it's, it's, you and I said this before we started recording. This felt like a movie, like a two-hour movie. It just keeps going and going. And that moment, I love that moment. How are they finding us? Because that changed everything. Science, have you been tracking these energy pulses? Yes, sir. I'm reading both electrical and biological signatures. I don't believe that this is a nebula, but some kind of unknown anomaly. So we go back to the bridge and... There's all these, again, the Vulcan is saying there's these weird electronical, biological impulses going on. Something's up. Uh, you know, why is, you know, Vatic finding us? How is that happening? Yeah. And the thing is, they realize they can't go deeper and deeper. And they're going to have to turn back around because there's some kind of gravity well that, that, that they right. can you know, obviously not fly into. whole other thing, right? What's this gravity well they're talking about, right? Yeah, that's at the center. It probably crushed the ship. So battle stations, everybody's yeah. getting ready. And so Jack, try, Jack tries to go to the bridge because he's you know starting to put things together. Sir, I estimate we're moments away from approaching the outer edge. Engineering says warp is a go. The course for the nearest starbase. Comms, 
Ready an emergency SOS and prepare to go to warp. So this is where the shit hits the fan. And just as they're getting out of the nebula and, you know, uh, uh, LaForge, you know, is letting us out. And it really seems like they're just about to get out. There's just a few. I don't know why they didn't warp when there was just a few little vestiges of the nebula left. But suddenly the Shrike shows up and, you know, it... It's this. It's that weapon, the same one they used on the daystrom. Um, the daystrom, uh, and it, you know, it's it's this weird portal thing, which now with the visuals starts to remind me of that character in X Men. Yep, X Men Days Futures uh, Past. Days of Future Past. In the beginning, you go through one portal, you come out another. Yep, and I mean that's the ultimate knockout punch there because every time they try to warp, they come back through. Right where they started, mm-hmm. and they do, and then mm-hmm. they do this a couple of times, and you know the Titan right. just has no luck. But I thought that this was brilliant. I haven't seen this type of um, way to kick a ship's ass than this method. Sir, she's pulled us back in again. Cat, well, she's corralling us, holding us in the air, so that she or that energy surge can cripple us until we're defenseless. So Riker decides to take the ship back into the nebula. And Picard is like shaking pissed. his head. Yeah, Picard's, Picard yep. is pissed. You can see it in his face. Like, this is the yep. wrong move. Wrong move. Yep. Uh, but, yep. I, you know, like we said before, I think Riker is correct in in mm-hmm. the decision that he's made. And so, um, mm-hmm. go ahead. Yeah. What? No, I, I mean, yeah, but we don't really know that. I mean, Picard is so adamant. The whole time I'm thinking, Jesus, maybe Riker's wrong. Picard is Picard. You listen to Picard, you know, and and that's what I would have done. I would have listened to him and gone back and fight because it felt like he knew something that we didn't. Yeah, I would have. Uh, they should have figured out a way to split the difference. I wouldn't have risked the whole ship. Okay, but it's just it's just too much yeah. to lose, you know, at this time. Stay back. Also, you look conspicuous in that hood. It says the Klingon in warrior gear. It's not warrior gear. Is casual. So we go back to uh, Rafi and Worf, and they're they're looking yeah. for this this guy. They're back in the CD underbelly, and um, yeah. uh, they they chase this dude down. And so I love the way that Worf catches this dude and slams him <laughs> down, uh, catches yeah. him in midair yeah. and slams him to the ground. I thought it was so just great. awesome. I was like, yeah, it was really great, especially since he was doing Tai Chi in the beginning, and it seems like he's changed. But he's like, no, I still got my shit going on. Yeah, yeah, he's still badass, Worf. There you go. There are plenty right. of there are plenty of seventy year old men that I wouldn't fight to this day. I wouldn't have fought um, Sylvester Stallone at seventy when he was still shooting Rambo. No hell, no, no way. <laughs> Certainly not if he took Viagra at the point. Okay, so yeah, <laughs> Titans under attack. Shrike is on top of the Titan. This is great too because, again, back to the visuals. The the even though the nebula is so expansive, it feels so constricting, and you feel so claustrophobic. They really do a great job. And so, in the middle of all this attack, Piker's uh, excuse me, Picard's like, "Listen, Riker, we're running out of options here." You were a Fenris Ranger, right? I don't have time for this. Blood in the water. Come on, oldest trick in the book, blood in the water. That's how the strike keeps finding us. But uh, meanwhile, uh, Jack goes to Seven's quarters, 
and they they get together to try to figure out what the hell, hell is going on. So they kind of suss it right. out and figure out that there's got to be some kind of leak um, and a, yeah. of a particular substance that can be detected in, in a nebulous situation that doesn't require right. scanners. And so um, they go down to this chamber, and sure enough, um, you know, there there's a leak. Proterium. It insulates the warp coils. Yes! Yes, that's... That's it. That's what I'm saying. Was it deuterium? They said. Oh, I can't. I, like I, du- I can never remember was, all of their name substances. It was deuterium gas, which, which is, is used in lethal. You, it's well, okay. There it is. It's lethal, right? So, um, so Seven goes off to another chamber to investigate other stuff, and meanwhile, back on the bridge, Picard again is suggesting. Um, using that intel as an advantage. We can use it as a diversion. You yeah. Know, stopping the leak and seeing about the strike, which I love. Like, let's f- let's float around and come up behind them. I thought it was a great idea. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's definite, definitely, like Riker said, tactically sound because they're going to follow yeah. the trail that has, you know, yeah. essentially gone cold, but they won't yeah. know that. And then um, the Titan can just be lying in wait and, and, and come yeah. down on them. So it's actually probably a good move. But, you know, Riker, Riker strongly disagrees. Um, and like Captain Shaw is focused on saving the crew. I mean, I just really like this right. turn of events. I mean, it, you know, you have two very strong points of views. But I, you know, I hate seeing <laughs> Picard being reduced to second, well, fiddle, second fiddle like but this. But let's put it let's put it in reality. The, again, to use an old term, these are two legends who never fought, never disagreed. And if they did, they took it to the ready room, if they disagreed. And what you're looking at now, and here's what I see. Here's what I see. An old man past his prime and another old man clinging to his prime. That's Riker. And the two of them are like, we don't know what we're talking about. But Riker says, I'm the captain and sit the fuck down. I'm going to, I'm going to make the decision not you and but that's not what happens is it? not sure in face of fire to me it's not damage it's sabotage still a lot in this room and the tube i'm going to check another chamber stay here we need to know how long it'll take to clear the system so we go back down to the chamber jack is left alone and this dude uh this is this yeah. the, uh, uh, so we go back down to the chamber and um jack is attacked and the guy yeah. that's attacking him happens to be the same guy that greeted Picard and Riker, who had this squirrely-looking face. Um, right. When Seven, yeah, right. yeah, you remember that. That was and, a nice pick. I didn't catch on that. Yeah. And so then, uh, as they're fighting, Jack punches him in the face, and his face shifts. Right. And I'm like, changeling. Yeah. And then you decided to help get 117 people killed. I'm going to start pulling off your fingernails just to make me feel better. So Rodney Warburton interrogating this guy who's sweating and shaking. And he's he's on the DTs. He's yeah. he's down. He's coming down from his. Yeah, it looks like he's coming off of drugs. Yeah. And and yeah. Robbie wants to torture him. Worf does not. But they're trying to squeeze him. Right. That um, is not our way anymore. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, Worf, uh, new tactics. I okay, okay. I'll I'll, I'll roll yes. with it to see how Whatever it plays out. Good cop, bad cop. Let's yep. do it. Seven to the bridge. Picard, Jack's injured. I'm taking him to sick bay. 
go. We get back to the Titan. Uh, Seven rescues Jack, and uh, you know Jack is is on the verge of dying. And um, they radio to the bridge that um, Jack's been injured. He's heading to sick bay, and you know Will Riker's like, "You have to go." Yeah, yeah. Because there you go. There's your 17 seconds. That's the whole point of the title. Was Will took seven, which is a strange time to get on a a lift, you know, and get down there. But there's Picard heading down to see his son, and he gets down there. Jack's dead. What happened to him? Bacterium gas exposure. Oh my God. Oh, he's fading. Sick bay. They're like, you know, shocking him with electroshocks and trying to pump his chest and trying to bring him back. But he's flatlined. Yep. And in, in, in this moment, Picard is cemented as a father because he yeah, actually cares. Just like Exact. There's your there's your foreshadowing when Picard said that in the bar, you know, 15, whatever, 20 years ago. Yeah. And it, it would have just been so cruel for him to get this gift of finding out that he has a son and for it to be uh, only taken away shortly after. That would have been so cruel. God damn it. You better start giving me answers right now. Who stole weapons from Daystrom? Like-minded souls. Enemies of the Federation. Why blame the Romulans? Because it was never about the portal weapon. They just wanted to keep Starfleet spreading. It was misdirection from the very beginning. So we go back to Rafi and Worf, and they're interrogating this guy, and he's in he's in he's in physical stress, and uh, so he 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 really wants to get out of there. He wants to be released, and he admits that the portal weapon was stolen as a distraction. For something else being stolen, which is critical. So I'm like, well, what the? Yep. And I'm like, what the hell else could be stolen that could be worse than the portal weapon? This is getting pretty, pretty damn scary. But, you know, Worf has to kill the changeling and um, the changeling, you know, right. basically says that they have something in store for the Federation. So something, something big is coming. Well, we cannot run any longer we must engage and protect the ship i am protecting this ship by avoiding its destruction i understand this instinct to be fearful of loss fearful of loss you are out of line all right so we go back to the titan uh picard is still trying to convince Riker that they need to go on the offensive and it's getting heated in front of the bridge crew right which again is a new thing for star trek we don't see this a lot in the past so picard's like listen what are you what are you afraid of don't be afraid of losing and Riker's like you're out of line and now it's like we're not friends anymore you you're not the captain i'm not number one it's like you're a problem get out of my way i i love this tension oh yeah it was very uncomfortable to watch because you mean you love these two guys and you you know they're 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 friends they're They're legends right (laughs) yeah but they're friends and and it goes beyond the officers serving on a ship and so you know Riker yells at picard to sit down and reminds him you know you know I'm the, I'm the captain, and I was just like, whoa, right. are they going to be able to come back from this? Picard listens, and he sits down and dejected, and it's like, and this is, again, this is where I'm feeling like, this is like telling your grandpa, hey, grandpa, you don't know anything anymore. Just get out of my way. 
and I'm really Team Picard Ooh, at this point. Yeah, oh, that that was just hard to watch. I mean, he's been reduced to an old man. Yeah, man. so yeah. They can look and sound like anyone, any species. What is it they want? A second war? No. I believe they may be planning another attack. Sir, we have just had an explosion. Warp energy is falling to zero, Captain. We lost a power conduit. We are unable to go to warp. As Warp is explaining to Rafi about the, the rebel changeling faction that I had mentioned earlier, um, the changeling that's actually on the Titan right. plants a bomb that basically oh, wrecks God. the warp drive. It just blows up within you know, within the ship. You know what I love about this episode? And again, I think Johnny Frakes just directs this perfectly is this is non-stop tension. This is the episode 33 from Battlestar Galactica reincarnate with Star Trek from the second it starts to the second it finishes. It is non-stop tension. I loved this episode. I just was, I, oh my God, I hated it and loved it. There was so much oh yeah, tension and torture and it's like, we can't get away from these flipping people. Help me. Yeah. Never got a chance to rest. I mean, no. I, my heart was pounding yeah. every second it was on. And so this was, yeah. this was crazy. So now that warp engines, engines are, are Destroyed out, or you out, know, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, they have, you know, we're, we're, we're really screwed at this point. Well, Turn the ship around and fight. We'll lose. We're out of options, Captain. We fight or we die. Yeah. And so once again, Picard turns to Will. We either fight or die, which he does have a po- which he does have a point. By the time Riker finally decides to listen to Picard, he goes, "Okay, let's do this." He goes, "Fire everything we've got right toward the Shrike, which has turned to face the Titan." But what happens? As soon as they fire, the Shrike opens this portal and all the weapons go into the portal and suddenly emerge behind the Titan. It is the most brilliant, terrifying, gorgeous, horrible moment that I have seen in Star Trek. I love Amazingly this wicked. moment. It was amazingly wicked. That's exactly the way to describe it. Amazingly wicked. It was so cruel and so fascinating. And they shoot all this stuff, and they're like, great, here you go, portal. And now it's heading toward the Titan, and boom. Prepare to attack. LaForge, arc us around for a rear assault. She's already done. Will, now, fire everything we've got. Engines down, ship not responding. We're sinking, Captain, towards the gravity well. Remove yourself from the bridge. You've just killed us all. Titan's dead in the water. I mean, it's now, I mean, they are completely oh defeated. They're just basically adrift and heading towards the gravity well. Right. They're dead and heading toward death. And, and Riker even says it. You, you just killed us all. Get off my bridge. Ooh, another just hard moment. I'm just like... Uh, I mean, mm. and Picard knows it. It was a bad move. Yep. He he know he knew it right as it was happening because he was like, "Oh no, well, yeah." And, and it yet, was I, it was a bad move. Yeah, I I I was Team Picard, of course, until that last second. I thought Picard knew what he was doing, and for some weird reason, obviously he didn't. 
and they're going to die. Uh, to, oh, God. Well, I mean, who knew, who knew that they would open up the portal just for the torpedoes? I mean, uh, yeah, but that's it, that's the beauty of this whole thing is this Vatic person knows everything they're thinking 10 moves ahead. She's playing chess, they're playing checkers. That is very unusual for this group of quote unquote, say it with me, legends. Legends. So yep. this is what, this is what <laughs> makes this so brilliant. This is what makes Picard season 3 so incredibly genius is that these legends are are dusty old books that don't fit on yeah. your shelf anymore. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah, if they live long enough to brush the dust off, though, they could be deadly. So um, <laughs> well, just re- remember, we'll find remember out. that. We're only <laughs> we, episode three, I agree. Yep. Yeah, yep. yep. And so one last quick point. Um, yep. as, they, as they're drifting, they're dead. They're basically dead in the water or dead in the yep. nebula. The Shrike, you know, zips Takes out off. of there, pulls yep. away. And, yeah. and so, which is, it leads me back to all this is part of some greater plan sure. because this would be the perfect time to go ahead and finish out the Titan, but they right. don't. But I don't think that was, I told you this last week. This is not the Shrike's, the Shrike is a mercenary, a hired dog. Vatic doesn't have a, a vendetta against Picard or Crusher. She's a hired gun. Somebody else is behind all of this. She has severed the nerve of the prey and now the hunter is actually going to come in and as i told you it's either lore or uh moriarty which we saw also in the in the um previews for this season this episode of picard was full of exceptional moments but there's definitely some that deserve some recognition remove yourself from the bridge you just killed us all. So, my top moment this week is something that you may not expect. Of course, the Picard-Beverly interaction was genius. But I think the moment where Picard realized that his insistence on fighting was wrong and Riker saying, get off my bridge... This is a moment that we would never expect to see in the 35 years of Next Generation and the 57 years of Star Trek. And and, and I, I just, I found that moment to be against canon and yet so compelling that I couldn't look away. I, I love that moment because it was so heartbreaking. And that is when I knew it would be like that forever. It will be what it always was, attempts on your life. And you never thought, if you had told me, it all might have been different. Okay, my top moment, of course, was the whole exchange between Beverly and Picard. It was, it was raw emotion, it was deep. Uh, it 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 made it made me torn. Which side of the fence are you on? Who do you support? Is it your your team Beverly or your team Picard? And as I said earlier, I was seventy five percent Picard on Picard's side and twenty five percent on Beverly. But it left me just feeling for Picard and hurt. But I also understood what Beverly, um, you know, what Beverly was feeling and why she was motivated to do the things that she did by hiding uh, Jack from Picard. 
That concludes this episode of Energize, the Star Trek Picard edition. For more information, go to our website, www.energizepodcasts.com. And if you want to get a pre-order of my book, The Mindset Chronicles, book one, The Deletion, please go to stevetruitt.com. Or you can go to Barnes & Noble and search Steve Truitt and pre-order. Thanks for listening. I'm Anthony McLemore. I'm Steve Truitt. Live long and prosper. Prosper.